Welcome back to The Wine Show. You're with Jill Upton and Drew Mackey. Uh, We're at the cellar door at Dusty Hill. And uh, Drew is the, uh, the chief winemaker here at Dusty Hill and they produce some stunning wines. So Dusty Hill in the South Burnett wine region, uh, overlooking the, uh, the beautiful uh, Baramba Lake. So thank you for joining me, Drew. How it's are you? It's a pleasure, you? Jill. Yeah, it's <laughs> good to be here. So Drew, you are a man who really knows his wine. Yeah, I've got lots of experience. I've been, uh, I don't know, 30 years in the game, in, in the wine game, so yeah. So not just 30 years drinking, it's been... A, a yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and it's a big industry. I think, um, you know, from this, this side, it's all the production side, but then there's a whole another side to the industry that um, involves restaurants and wine retail and sommeliers. And so, you know, um, I've been lucky enough to actually experience a lot of that side of it as well. So it gives you a really good, it gives you a, a bigger picture on sure. the whole industry, yeah. So uh, so where were you before Dusty Hill? Uh, there's another winery here called Cloverly. Uh, so I worked there for a few years. And before that I was on the coast actually um, doing some sommelier work. And some re I had a little, uh, we opened a little retail business there as well. So wine retail. So you've been, at, you're a Queensland, uh, at least born and bred, uh, winemaker, Queensland based, um, yeah, and I've got. I went to school to learn to get a degree to be a winemaker, uh, which was down south, which was at Charles Sturt University. So, yeah, we, I, sometimes we don't have that advantage actually living in Queensland that we're not, you know, the Yarra is so close to Melbourne, so there's mm. that culture. Mm. But I think that's changed. I think over the last ten years, um, wine culture has become. Well, even the last 15 years has become totally different in Queensland and there's that there's starting to be this association with some of the regions here for people yes yeah the difference in the difference here in Queensland is Brisbane being the the, the cosmopolitan area the regions are three hours away mm. it's three hours to Ballandine it's three hours to the South Burnett yes whereas if you live in Melbourne it's an hour down to Mornington or an hour and a half and it's an it's Yarra is virtually an outer suburb. So 45 minutes away. Yeah, it's exactly. So, simple. so um, it makes it much more accessible. Sure. But I think, um, I think uh, people now, and just what's happened over the last couple of years, are really discovering what's available in, for Brisbane people, for southeast Queensland people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess COVID really helped with that, yeah. you know, not being able to leave, leave the state. And uh, I guess uh, to a certain extent, it's almost an advantage being three hours away as opposed to just you know, being an hour, because people then turn it into a weekend mm. overnight. So that's where it's really important, you just mentioned before, to have the accommodation and to have the food options mm. around so you can have this wonderful one-stop shop for people for a one or two night stay and that's what Dusty Hill do so well we you know we have we spoke mm, previously to Joe Prendergast and I mean he's he's a dynamo mm. and um, you know and what you know what's happening and what will what will be achieved in the next 12 months and what you can offer is fabulous so let's but let's talk about the Dusty Hill wines yep. so what do you grow what grows well here uh, so well there's a lot of varieties here there's um, Semillon, Vidello, Viognier, now there's Fiano, mm. other white wines, Muscat, um, all, the, all the classic French varieties that 20 years ago when they started planting these vineyards were the ones that weren't, that, that's what was available, yeah. that's what was popular. Yeah. So you plant Cabernet, you plant Merlot, you plant Shiraz, mm. uh, and that was the demand from the public. But now we've, we've planted Tempranillo, Montepulciano, Saparavi, mm -hmm. uh, so, and, you know, the exciting thing here is that we're, we're based in the South Burnett, so 
it's a warmer region, uh, and, and you, some people call it subtropical, but it's a warmer irrigated region. So what we're finding is that uh, some of those classic French varieties don't do nearly as well as some of the, say, the Mediterranean varieties or, or other Italian varieties. The key to it is uh, what we need here is uh, grapes that retain acidity in warmer climates. Yes. So things like Vidello, Semillon, Fiano just really suit this region. Yes. Uh, and, you know, uh, to get a bit wine technical, I mean, the pH levels, sometimes you don't have to touch them. Mm. So that makes my job heaps easier, but it, it just makes for better wine, yeah. you know, so you don't, you don't have to fool with it at all. So, yeah, and that's, that just gets transferred into the bottle. Really for sure, well. yeah. for sure. So I, I shouldn't say it's actually a hands-off approach because I know there's still a lot of a nurturing going on, but, but at least it is a little bit more relaxed and you let the grape speak for itself. Yeah, and exactly. that's, it's, yeah. Well, in a warmer region um, and, you know, places like Mildura and Victoria would be the same uh, on the border. You know, you irrigate, so that concept of terroir can get a little bit um, reduced. Mm. So in our grape vintages, something like 2019, we get varietal character with our grapes, yeah. but we also get a little slur of the region as well, something that says it's made here. Mm. And um, if you're achieving those things, if I achieve those two things, then, wow, that's, that's on the money. Happy days. Happy days, yeah, for sure. That's what we're trying to achieve. But other years you will just get, uh, what we, Bottom line is we need varietal character, yeah. and that's we get that every year here. So that that's a big tick, yeah. Sure. So so uh, just having a very quick chat with Joe before about the Shiraz. So Shiraz being such a fantastic, you know, well-rounded variety mm. in, in Australia, but obviously they're very different in in the different regions. What is your Shiraz like? It's the land of Shiraz, Australia. <laughs> you know, even our even our Premier Cru or whatever our most well-known wines. But um, we tend to be we tend to be lighter in body. Yep. But we still have depth of flavour, and um, here in this little, there's a little um, soil type that goes through this valley. Uh, we get so we still get those red fruits, mm. uh, but we also get this little. Oh, it's like a pink musk almost, and we do get get a. It's more uh, surprisingly, it's not a dark spice. It's more a white pepper spice, you know. Yes. So much more feminine style wines, and not. And so with that, with the fruit that we get, we don't try and overmatch the oak to it. We're mm. just trying to make sure that the wine sings. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that's a beautiful way, to put, way yeah. to put it. So it's, so it is, I like how you actually say it's a bit more of like a female type of wine. It's a little bit lighter, so you can actually be drinking it in those, you know, much warmer months, mm. which we normally have a, a lot of. And, and food friendly. Uh, yeah. do, do you still serve it with you know, the, the big juicy steaks, but you also could pair it with something far lighter, white meat style? I think uh, it's funny uh, in Australia how we think of bigger style wines with steak, but if the classic dish is beef bourguignon, and they're, they're Pinot based. So yeah. what I find is um, it is about what our beef production though too, but yeah, we, we can definitely serve it. It's still a red meat uh, wine. Um, the Shiraz Viant, we do two Shirazes. Basically, we do a, a more oak orientated or a, a denser wine, the, the Shiraz, the estate Shiraz, and then we do a Shiraz Viognier, which is again that lighter, more feminine style. Um, and it just loves a range of food, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it's a thick skin grape variety still. It still has weight, it still has body. It's, you're not going to drink it and go, oh, that's too light. No. It has depth of flavour, and so it matches up well with meat. Yes. Red meat, definitely. Yep. Well, I guess your Saparavi, which is stunning, and I did have a bottle of that last night, um, it's, uh, it is sort of the, the, the answer to 
uh, to the, the Barossa Shiraz style. It is, it is heavy, but it's, yeah, but it's still, yeah. but it's not quite as heavy. But as, as you just said, it's they're still so, they're full of flavour and they're mm. full of character and they do really sing. That's so, what we try and achieve here though. We want sure. fruit driven wines. We don't want, um, I think, uh, we've got we've got great vineyards here, great blocks. So yeah. um, I think that demands that you make fruit driven wines. Sure. Yeah. Um, and Saparov is a classic example, thicker skin, Tienia, so it has a red pulp yes. as opposed to other varieties that have a white pulp. Yes. Yep. And so you're already getting that um, depth of that flavour, that colour. Um, yeah, the, the Saparov is, it's another grape that we grow it here and it just suits the region. It does. Uh, the acid's right, um, the flavours are right, and when it gets really good, it even gets a little blueberry note, which makes everyone happy. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's actually the oldest varietal in the world. Is that right? The yeah, Georgians yeah. actually Georgian, came yeah. up with it and it's, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's actually, it's, it, it is a stunning wine, you're right, it's, it's actually done very beautifully here in South Burnett, in Stanthorpe, Ballantine, yeah. they do it beautifully. Yeah. But you also do Viognier sensationally well. Um, yeah, indeed. One, one of the many. So right now we're actually drinking the Shiraz Viognier. Yeah. So what percentages are we talking about? Three rows, <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe about five percent. You know, it's only it's right. a five to eight percent. It's like right. it's not a. Some years it's a little bit more, but probably what we're drinking now is about eight percent. And yeah, Shiraz can be that. Um, not that it's here like this, but it can be that um, a little bit of a donut wine where it has that upfront fruit and then background mm. structure, mm -hmm. and Viognier just puts that dollop of fills the hole. Fills the hole exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yes, totally. Yes. So. Um, just gives it texture, gives it mid-palate weight. Yeah. But also, yeah, and just makes a more complete wine. Yeah. So uh, last night when we, when we were very fortunate to go through and have a look at your fabulous building with all your, with your 18 steel vats, and I'm still very impressed with the, with the state-of-the-art you know, technology you've got yeah. going on in there. Um, we did have, have some lovely tastings of some muskets, some 2010 musket. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you might have had a fortified Vidello going on in there. So tell us a bit about the fortifieds. It's amazing, isn't it? And uh, just, uh, it's almost humbling because really with those wines, I'm a caretaker for mm. those wines because they're not made, you don't grow them and make them in the same year. Mm. You, grow them, you grow them and then they come to fruition or come into the bottle 15 years later. So really, um, <coughs> it's a lot of people doing a lot of work yes. for a long time. Um, and so we use the it's, uh, we use the musket grapes from here. We use the Vidello, and we just leave the Vidello uh, that we pick for the fortified on the vine longer. Mm -hmm. It still retains its acidity. Um, you, I think you taste a young one that still has that great balance. And yes. then we and then we do it. Uh, typically, we do a Mustella style, which and um, and we wait, and then we put it in a barrel, and we wait. 10 years and it gets it we get a good result it does feel like you're waiting a long time but it's definitely worth it yeah yeah that's the problem people are drinking it too quickly we need to slow everyone down well that's an interesting thing with wine on the whole these days isn't it though people just don't have that patience and they don't want to have to sell their wines yeah, you know take so a true. okay I'll, I'll use the Barros and Shiraz example again but you know you you don't buy it and drink it straight away you know you want to be putting it down 10 to 20 years to see its full potential mm. but people don't want to have to do that you know people I I've got a seller I love my seller and mm. you know people some people do but quite often people just don't have that space and you know yeah, you know temperature control can be expensive so they want to be able to get a bottle that they can just drink the Mediterranean varietals can afford us to do that 
um, which obviously you have here. I mean, the Tempraneo, for example, would you be really needing to put that down for long? Yeah, we do a couple of different styles. Um, I think most of the wines here what would be what I call mid-term cellaring, and a lot of them we want, want people to drink them within five years. Right, okay. So, I mean, you can sell them. I, I think the key to this too is that we're a warmer region, so we're producing fruit-driven wines, and you sell a wine, then those, all those flavours are subdued or, or actually um, change, and they become tertiary flavours. So people that are cellaring wine, if you want to drink fruit-driven wine, you don't drink 10-year-old wine, you drink four-year-old wine or sure. two-year-old wine. Mm. So um, the Tempranillo I'm making here, we're not designing it to, for like 10 years plus. We're designing it for people to enjoy earlier. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not because it's lighter bodied or because it lacks structure or it's not savoury. It's all those things, but um, I think it just shows its best when it's drunk a little bit younger, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think an, another thing with the Mediterranean varietals is that they're actually made for food. And it's not so. Look, looking at some, some of the way that uh, Australia yeah. has produced a lot of our varietals, the Chardonnays we put down, the Semillons we put down, the, the Cabs and the Shiraz, they are, of course, they're food friendly wines, but they are also very much made just to sit and have like, you know, a steak in a glass yeah. style. Yeah. Whereas the Mediterranean culture is all about food and the wine is what's had with the food. We tend to yeah, have it's the food Australian the thing, afterthought. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's an interesting change in the culture anyway that we're seeing. Definitely. And definitely. you just need to keep adapting to that. You know, speaking with Joe earlier, about you know you've got to you've got to work and provide for what your customers want it's yeah. not actually what you want to do yeah, so exactly, yeah. and True. that's uh Indeed. and just adapting that but of course you need to have uh, need to have both yeah I, I couldn't agree more and it's it, that cultural thing that in australia where we drink wine by itself you know? yeah but uh i know for myself when i it's so funny if i'm cooking something i go i just have to have a certain wine with it that's yeah. how i think sure and um that's the greatest joy, actually, I think, when you can match food and wine match really well or, um, yeah, just there's nothing better than that I, for me. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, I love that. Can I just ask you a little bit about the rosé? So I think you, um, it used to be a 100% cab rosé and now... Yeah, we've changed it a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's funny, this one's a darker colour. We, mm. I think the first um, two vintages ago, we got to really light that great Provence colour that I love, that yes. orange bronzy style, oh, and makes you, you just look at it and want to drink it. And the climate here so suits, it's me, we're meant to drink rosé in Queensland. Yeah. Uh, and so, but we did use, you're right, we used some Saparavi as well. Yes. And it, it can be difficult because um, you instantly get colour. So yeah. if you want to make a paler style of rosé, it's difficult. But um, it just has those great characters, it finishes dry. It has body, it has these great uh, fruit components to it. Yes. Red berries, but also almost blueberry, but it's dry, tannic, the acid's high. Yes. It's great for rosé. So, you know, when you're drinking rosé on a hot day with food and you just get that dry finish and it's crisp and light, yeah. Love it. So Love it's, it. it's quite funny. I'm just talking about the food and wine matching that these days you're actually beginning to see people pair rosé with far more robust meals. You know, some are yeah. actually saying pair it with a steak, pair it with some heaviness, depending on what, you know, I guess what sort of, it, what the backbone to it is. But gone are the days where you just put in a piece of ice and just drink it the French way. Yeah, I think we're supposed to break rules. Absolutely. Know, but, um, and the, the marriage about food and wine is when both components get accentuated yes so you make your wine better by having it with that food or you make your food better by having it with that wine mm. whether we achieve that is questionable uh -huh. 
But um, I think there's a couple of basic rules. Palette weight should suit, so mm -hmm. sometimes having those heavier dishes with a rosé can be difficult. Uh, Flavours should match. Yeah. Yeah, and texturally, I like the texture of the dish sometimes to, mat to match with the wine. Yes. But that doesn't mean they should be the same. Sometimes you want a crispy, acidic wine to cut through something creamy. Yes, So Abs absolutely. So I think that's how um, that food and wine matching, when you think about it, works a little bit. So what you just said is perfect because sometimes light wine can just cut through all that all the heavier dishes. Yes, it does. Yeah. So you're, you're a bit of a foodie, obviously. Uh, are you a bit of a chef? Uh, in my own kitchen, yes, but not, not really. No, but um, there's a yeah. We I cook. I cook for myself many times a week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got I've got two main questions for you now. Mm -hmm. One is, where can people buy the beautiful Dusty Hill wines? It's all actually we've because um, there's a lot of demand for it now. We've mm. we've talked about and we've had real interest from the coast. The coast, Sunshine Coast, is growing so quickly. Yes. And people want to sell the wines, but we actually, they've got to come to sell a door. They've got to come and have the experience to buy the wines. So um, I think the Gamiri Hotel sells some of the wines. Right. And then um, Dusty Hill sell a, sell a door. Well, it is definitely venues. worthwhile for all listeners. Uh, try the Dusty Hill wines, but come here. It's, got, it's kind of like a bit of a romantic story in itself. You mm. can only try them at the cellar door, and they are great, great wines. Now, my other question is, mm -hmm. as a bit of a foodie, with this sort of weather around, <laughs> it's a Saturday, what would you, what wine would you be taking home this evening, and what would you be pairing it with tonight? Have you got a fireplace? Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> then musket, the muskets are great. The fortifieds are perfect for after dinner, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, if you're drinking anything, if you're eating anything gamey, I love the Shirazes with that. Yep. I love like, venison or, yep. you know, dark, mm. and the Shiraz Viognier and dark really suit each perfect. other. Yeah, they're perfect. If you're having heavier meats, I think the Saparavi. Um, if you're having cheese, the Tempranillo, maybe. Yeah. But also, the, uh, I'm not really a big cheese and red wine person. I'm much right. before we've got a Petrotus uh, Vidello here that is just perfect with blue cheese. Yes. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So things like that, I think. Yeah, Stickies and cheese are fantastic. Stickies and cheese, yeah. Well, Drew, now I'm actually just salivating for lunch. <laughs> this has been sensational. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your time. Thank you again for last night, giving no, us perfect. that special tasting. It was magnificent. And introducing us to your wines. Mm, welcome anytime. Thank I'm you. looking forward to trying the Tempranillo. Thank you very much. My pleasure. That's Drew Mackey of Dusty Hill Wines.